seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the wind, never fading with the sunset when the rain set in. And you can tell everybody this is your song. It may be quite simple, but now that it's done. the What The Folk Sunderland Preview Podcast. Last weekend's game against Millwall was postponed, so our preview show was completely pointless. Um, but Sunderland will pay, face their third away game in a row when they take on Watford at Vicarage Road for the first time since 2017 this weekend. We are speaking before Sunderland's game against Redden during the week, so that's due to my schedule. However, regardless of the result, we will be looking to pull off a big result when we head to the Catlow this weekend as well. And to let us know how likely that is to happen and update us on what's gone on at Watford over the past five years is Mike from Watford Podcast, The Voices of the Vic. Mike, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you for having me on. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to chatting. I, uh, I always did like Sunderland fans. I'm not just saying that, but I, I always did like when Sunderland fans come down. And I think I was at that game that you mentioned, the last game between us at the Vic. 1-0? Uh, oh, it might have been a different one then. We played your last game of the season when Sam Allardyce was in charge of you boys. And I think we drew 1-1. It was a wonderful day. It was 2-2, but it was Absolutely. the last game of the season when we just relegated Newcastle. Wonderful, wonderful memories and <laughs> what seems like a long, long time ago. Um, as it is, it, it does feel like a long time ago and a lot's gone on. It's too hard for us to get through from a Watford perspective, never mind a Sunderland one, but we'll start from the top. Like I said, we're, we're speaking sort of prior to the midweek games that we've got. So if we're looking at your most recent result, we're actually going back further than we normally would, but that's where we always start. A 1-1 draw with Rotherham. Um, how was the performance and how was the fans' mood following the game? Um, yeah, I mean, I went to it and it was uh, it, it was a typical Watford performance. So far this season, we've not yet seen a complete performance. We've not left we've not yet left the game thinking, wow, you know, what we've done just then is really good. Like we, we've sort of been left wanting more and sort of feeling a bit meh, like, you know, not great, but not, you know, terrible. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was it was massively disappointing. Obviously, Rotherham uh, hadn't lost a game up until uh, you boys did them the week before. So we knew we were in for a tough game anyway, and they'd not lost at home. Uh, so, you know, it's quite an intimidating sort of place to go. It's quite close to the pitch uh, that the fans are. It's quite a compact stadium. So, yeah, um, it was a disappointing performance. It, it was probably, in fact the worst I've seen us play for a while. Uh, that first 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes was horrendous. We just looked like we'd 
never played game of football with each other and just couldn't get out of our own half and Rotherham were all over us you know they scored in two minutes uh, Richard Wood scored it was easiest goal he'll score all season um, and luckily we, we slowly grew into the game got the equaliser before half time and we probably sh- really without being too biased should have gone on to win the game um, you know the, the we looked the, the better of the two but it was still a really scrappy game and something we, we, we've used to seeing especially away from home at the moment uh, it's just not clicking you know we've drawn every game away from home so far 1-1 uh, and I've been to two of the away games and they were very, very similar uh, in terms of performance. So very slow to start and it takes us a while to grow into the games, which is frustrating. It's interesting that you, you mentioned the kind of result because obviously our last game was, was Middlesbrough, which it feels like a while ago and I think people looked at it as a derby in a way. It's not um, not not to me anyway. And look at the performance and you're more frustrated by the fact that well, Stewart got injured and the fact that um, Dennis Serkins also picked up an injury as well. But then you have that kind of week in a bit and you think, oh, well, you know, with the games being postponed, you know, maybe we'll find a way to play and maybe we can do X, Y and Z. And you, you kind of have a bit more reality. But I suppose when you're when you Watford and the aim is automatic promotion, which I'm going to assume it is because of where you've came from and the squad you've got, when you have like quite a poor performance like that, I suppose this extended unexpected break, does that weigh on you a little bit more, the result and the performance? Uh, no, I, I actually agree with what you just said. I, I think we, we saw a couple of players that were carrying sort of knocks towards the end of the game. And we perhaps thought after the postponement at the weekend, we obviously didn't know that was coming, but we perhaps thought when the, the, the news of the postponements come, we actually thought, well, you know what? The, the players might sort of benefit from it. Like, uh, I'll give you one example. Keenan Davies come on for the last 20 minutes. Uh, he'd, he'd only come on for the last five minutes against Birmingham a couple of weeks before and I mean in that 20 minutes if that what if that's what he's like bear in mind he's not had a pre-season with us he has only played five minutes prior and then got ill and then also had an injury so if you bear that in mind yet that's how he plays in the 20 minute cameo then to be honest this break that we've had I'm, I'm sort of excited to see. We're, we're playing tonight as we record. We're playing away at Blackburn. So fingers crossed he's in the team for tonight because if he is, I'm excited to see what he can do on a week's preparation and he's got that time to, to sort of prepare. Uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But I think we can we can be positive and we can, we can take the sort of uh, positives out of having uh, more than a week off and... Uh, hopefully Rob's sort of drilled it. He, he's come out in the media and said he's not been happy with performances and the dressing room's been a bit fiery at times with him to his players because he wants to make it clear that how we've been starting games is not how he wants to play this season. I think it's quite an interesting start when you look at Watford because I suppose it's only really when you're, you're doing these sort of shows and you're, you're kind of looking at how the form is that you sort of get a statistical idea of how teams are doing, which is not always the full story, as we know as football fans, but inconsistent, to say the least. Like, you've beaten Middlesbrough, Burnley, Sheffield United. So on the face of that, you go, bloody hell, they're in form. You've dropped points against Rotherham, which we've touched on, QPR and Preston. On the face of it, Borough, Burnley, Sheffield United, they're all automatic promotion candidates and, and rivals for yourself, and you've beaten them all. But then 
you drop points against teams that you probably aren't expecting to be there, which, I mean, there might be by the end of the season. I'm sure there's some fans listening saying, shut up, Graham, and maybe not. But you can see where I'm coming from. But as it is, you, you sit in sixth place. You've technically only lost one t- once at the time of speaking anyway. Um, it, you've kind of indicated this already, but how have you viewed the start of the season something you can build on? Yeah, I, there, there's definitely... I've sort of been in that more positive camp. I mean, the the, the, the sort of vibe at the moment isn't very nice on Twitter, it's a bit negative at times, uh, people not happy, people thinking that Rob hasn't been backed in the transfer window, etc, etc. Um, but as you've rightly said there, I, I said at the in, in the first question you asked me that we've not yet had a game where we've played really well, yet we're still sitting in sixth place, we've still got 13 points from eight games and we've still only lost once. So the fact that we've not played that well, but still managed to conjure up those points and beat the teams that you said, it, it, it's surely that's, that's you know, I'll take that. I'll, I'll, have, I'll, I'll snap my hand off at that. You know, we you, you mentioned there, our first three games were uh, Sheffield United, um, West Brom and Burnley, that I don't think they're in that order, I can't remember, but we took seven points from those. And like you said, come the end of the season, you'll expect those to be up there. Yet we took seven points off them. That's a brilliant return. So I'm, I'm remaining positive. If this is the points return that we get in when we're playing this badly, then I can't wait for it to click. And hopefully then we can start you know, putting teams to the sword a little bit and being a bit more ruthless. And the, the performances will pick up and, and the, the, the points will keep getting added on. Yeah, like I say, you've only lost at the time of speaking one game pending tonight's game against Blackburn and, you know, not a better man if I was. That's what I, I put the money on that. You would probably get something out with that. Um, in terms of Watford as a club, when you're on the outside looking in, now Sunderland fans are no stranger to this, but for Watford, you've probably ended the season in a slightly opposite way to us in some ways. We've just won at Wembley. Feelings are positive, whereas, of course, Watford are, are dealing with relegation and we've dealt with that and Everything that comes with it, you lose players, you're kind of coming in off the back of some defeats, so the mood's a little bit low, and it can be hard as a fan base to maybe align those expectations or realign them when you do get relegated. We all know what it's like because you don't know what you're going to land in, basically. You don't know what luck of a team you're going to have. So when it comes to this season, how do Watford fans approach it? Is it automatic promotion or nothing or playoffs or something, or is is that the minimum expectation? Uh, well, I think like you said, there's there's an automatic expectation when you've come down, regardless of if you were, say, up there for a season and nobody knew how you got up. When you come back down, I always remember Blackpool, they got promoted and they, you know, no one really expected them to get promoted that season. Yet when they come down, they would have been favourite to go back up. It's just how it works. Now, the, the thing... The, the thing that I think is different this season, when we come down a couple of seasons ago, yes, the, the expectation was go straight back up. But this season, this season we've had a new manager, Rob Edwards. Uh, you know, we've, we've had pretty much a new manager every year, as, as I'm sure people are aware. But um, we, we've had... A, a, it's hopefully a change in direction of how the football club wants to run. We don't want to be this team that hire and fire managers. We, we've got in a British young coach who likes to play attacking football um, we, we're going to give him the well we, we're going to give him the time hopefully um, and you know we're, we're hopefully going to start bringing through, through a few more youngsters over the years so it's it's quite an exciting time for Watford fans as, as, as I said you know we, we just used to this manager goes on a run he'll have a few bad games he's out the door in comes a new manager and it, it's sort of 
sort of worked over the years. I would only argue that the season we come down last, when we got rid of um, Javi Garcia and brought in Sanchez Flores again, that was where I first started questioning it. I thought, no, this isn't right. Before that, it sort of worked. So um, I think based on that, and because of the outgoings and the incomings, I would say we're going through a bit of a rebuild. So I would say that, there isn't an automatic reaction from the fans' point to go straight back up. Um, obviously, it would be nice, but we have to be ready if we do go back up. We went back up a couple of seasons ago, and after last season, it's clear we weren't ready. We weren't back in the transfer window. There was no plan as to how we were going to recruit or anything like that. So if we are to do it, we need to do it properly. But I wouldn't say there's, from the fans' point of view, um, whilst yes, you know, automatics will be will be nice, and you would look at our squad and think we should be bloody doing it. But I think a few of our fans, if you used to ask a few different ones, they'd sort of put us um, around the playoff mark, maybe just outside the playoffs because of you know Rob's big step up from League Two, and um, you know factoring in a few other things. But I myself, I think I went four. I've put us fourth or fifth in my prediction table. It's funny you mentioned the, the manager thing because you can't really do a Watford podcast without mentioning it. I mean, yeah. I think, I can't remember what the conversation I had and it, was, it wasn't on a podcast, it was just in the pub or whatever after the game and you'd, I think it was after you sacked, I want to say Pearson and there's been a few since then. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it felt like, I mean, Watford, long story, we're not, not used to managers changing, be it to sacking them or then buggering off to Stoke City for whatever reason. Um but I'd say Watford are one of those clubs that probably eclipse Sunderland on that. It's, it's, I think, you know, when I was in the pub last time, I said, you're a bit like Sunderland on speed when it comes to sort of changing managers. Um, as you said before, sometimes it works, but on the on paper, you've had, I think it's nine permanent managers since the beginning of 2018. I'll be honest, my master's not that great. I was going to go a bit further back and I thought, nope, I've lost count here. But that's difficult. I know as a Sunderland fan how difficult it is going from manager to manager. I loved Alex Neil, then I had to get used to him going to Stoke and now I've got Tony Mowbray and I'm sort of waiting to, to make my opinion on him over the next, hopefully, couple of years. I've, I've loved Gus Poyet. I've loved Sam Allardyce. I've not really liked Lee Johnson. It, it feels like every six months, though, I'm having to adjust to this new manager. Like I said, though, Watford feel like Sunderland on speed when it comes to management changes. How do the fans deal with that? And what is the, the fans' opinion of when you bring a manager in? Because sometimes with Sunderland, it feels like, well, I wonder how long this one's going to stay through who got crook, be it sacking or, like I say, them bugging off to Stoke. But Watford have it, in my opinion, much worse. Yeah, well, I mean, before, you know, I think it's sort of, that that sort of come with it, the, the expectation of, will they last that long? You know, we... Um, it, it almost seems to, to feel that if they'd hit a bad run, it was not necessarily fans wanting them to leave, but fans expecting, right, he's going to be, he's going to get sacked in a couple of games. Like, um, you know, last season, for example, we started the season with Cisco Munoz. Now, deep down, all of us Watford fans knew that the Premier League was probably going to be a bit too much of a step up and he was going to be out of his depth. I think he had to get a special dispensation to manage in the Premier League because at the time of when we got promoted, he didn't actually have the correct qualifications to manage in the Premier League. That's how, you know, we, we got him from the Georgian League. We got him from Dino to Bilsey. I, I, I didn't even know Georgian had a league. So, you know, that's sort of, 
tells you what you need to know in terms of that appointment. But he got us up. So absolutely, we rewarded him with the chance of, right, you got us up, go and have a crack in the Premier League. Now, a lot of people will say Watford were 14th when we sacked him on however many points. And yes, I get how that looks from the outside looking in. But if you watched us week in, week out, you could see that we, that was only going one way, the performances under him. And I went to uh, Leeds, which was his last game in charge. That was a, the final nail in the coffin. And Leeds hadn't won um, up until that point. And they were... You know, they weren't great last season either. And they won 1-0. And it was genuinely like he'd just told the starting eleven, but he hadn't given them a game plan. He just said, this is a starting eleven. go out on the pitch. And they're sort of like, well, what's the game plan? How are we going to play? Like, it just didn't look orchestrated at all. So, um, you know, we, we obviously started with him. He got sacked. Um, and then we, we brought in Claudio Rani. It's, it's, it's quite hard for me to even try and keep up with who we've got. Uh, we then brought in Claudio Ranieri. Everyone was like, you know, bloody hell, Claudio Ranieri. Um, you know, look at his CV. He won the league at Leicester. He did brilliant at Chelsea, uh, Sampdoria. Yes, he didn't have a great time at Fulham. But we thought, you know, happy days could be the one. Again, you know, his first game of, the, uh, of his Watford reign, we lost 5-0 at home to Liverpool. Um, so it was like, ah, right, OK, is this how it's going to go? But then the next week, we beat Everton 5-2. So we were sort of like, oh, OK, you know, something could happen. But performances just weren't there. And then we brought in Roy Hodgson. And that was really like, that That was like proper rocks the boat. It, it, was, it was proper like you're either with him or, or you're not. There, there was a real split opinion on him. Uh, I sort of was like, okay, look what he's done at clubs in our position before he's come in. He's got them, he's kept them up. He's a firefighter, a bit like Sam Allardyce, as you guys will know. I'd have took Big Sam, uh, 100%. But Roy Hodgson was sort of the next best thing, if you like. And uh, he was woeful. It, it's clear to see that his managing days are over. I mean, we had to get him out of retirement to take the job, but he, it was absolutely horrendous. So, yeah, I think in the past there have been, if a manager, let's say, goes on a run where he doesn't win for three or four games, for example, there is that in the back of your head as a Watford fan, are we going to be seeing a statement shortly? Because the Potsos as well, the way that they've done it, they they sort of foresee, when, by the time they've sacked the manager, they've got someone waiting in the wings ready to come in. So it's almost as if that's how they work. They know that manager A is on a bit of a bad run. Let's ring manager B. Can you start on this date? We're going to give him till this time and, and ready. So, yeah, I think I personally have said, I think Rob will endure a tough run. It's inevitable. Um, whether that's three games in a row we don't win, whether we go a whole month without winning, I don't know. But it's going to be key. We have to stick by him and we have to support him and let him ride out of that wave. If we can get through that, then we will believe that they are giving him the time that they said they were going to give the new coach that comes in. So, yeah, it's uh, never a dull day as a Watford fan. I was going to say, it is, it's It's funny because like from the outside looking in, I've always been like, what's Watford doing? Second him, second him, second him. But yeah. the fans... I mean, you always get dissenting voices and Twitter is not the best barometer of anything. But yeah. there was not many Watford fans that were like against most of the sackings and it, I thought it was quite an interesting concept. But it, as it is, you've brought in, obviously, Rob Edwards from Forest Green Rovers for compensation in the form of 20 vegan sausage rolls from Greg's, I just believe. Um, 
obviously it's far too early to judge a manager. We always say that. And you know what? We're football fans. We judge within about two minutes. He's had eight or nine games. Um, in reality, things can change really quickly. But what's first impressions been like as the, the manager, the man and the, the football you're playing? The, the, the man himself, breath of fresh air. To go from Roy Hodgson, the oldest manager we could find in football, and like he, you know, there was that whole sort of issue where at Crystal Palace the game got relegated. He didn't even go over to the fans to clap them. Uh, he said he he said he was too tired or something, or he didn't know we were over there, or load of rubbish anyway. So to go from the real sort of he, he brings a mood down and 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 all that to to Rob Edwards, who's proper outgoing. He's uh, he knows what he wants. His, his ideas are fresh. Uh, he's very well-spoken. You know, to go from that alone is brilliant. That's just what we need. He will communicate things, and, and that's great. You can see what he's trying to do with the players, the way that we're trying to play. It's not quite clicked yet, as, as I've said. Whether that's because um, of the transfer window may have unsettled things, were players going, were players staying, you know, that whole Jao Pedro saga with Newcastle and whatnot. Um, you know, that, that would have been a big thing. Would that have unsettled him, Ishmael Asar going to Leeds or Palace or Manu or Liverpool? So now that the transfer window's closed, we're hoping to see that team just click. We've, we've got the squad now. This is our squad till at least January. So like I say, you can see what he's trying to do, but just at the moment, it's not quite clicked for him. Um, but I, I'm I'm very much you know, a big fan already of, of Rob Edwards. They they did a video in pre-season of, of our pre-season trip to Austria and they mocked him and his assistant up and it, it was really interesting stuff and refreshing, uh, just purely based on, on what life was like under Roy Hodgson, basically. But yeah, you can see how he's how he's got a job. You know, if we didn't snap him up, I, I would firmly believe that he would be in the championship in, in no time anyway. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he, he brings to Watford and hopefully he can have a project to run at and it won't be long before he's a Premier League manager. Interesting that you mentioned that about the change in sort of outlook, I guess, because dare I say his name, Alex Neal, really did that with um, with Johnson. I don't I think Johnson was a bit more mighty, but Johnson had a way of speaking that was in my opinion, very long-winded, but it was very detailed. And, and we all know what Lee Johnson's character is like. Uh, was Alex Neal was the opposite. He was just like, you know, spade to spade. Um, and in my opinion, as by the results, that, that kind of helped. And now we've got Tony Mowbray, who's like your granddad, I guess, but you kind of like him in a, in a weird way. But I'll, I'll reserve my judgment on that one. But I understand what you mean in terms of like the, the difference in an atmosphere that just a manager can create because they're the, the forefront of the club. Um, as press conferences and everything always come from him. So you're always hearing from from a manager. And if you have one that's bringing it down, you need one that's going to be bringing it up. So, of course, that's a huge positive. Um, you mentioned the transfer window there. I think there's been a lot of focus on who Watford have lost and who they could lose and who's going to go where. And obviously, Dennis has gone to Forest. Um, players have, have gone afar. But you've kept... To me, quite interestingly, quite a lot of good players there as well. Obviously, Joe Pedro's ended up staying. Tom Cleverley, um, yes, seems like a name of the past, but in the championship, he's your captain. He, he's still still a, a quality player, especially at this level. Obviously, Saar stayed as well. Um, I'm sure when you sat down at the end of the season, like you always do when the team gets to relegated, you go, if you can just keep X, Y, and Z, I'd, I'd be delighted. Which of the players that you've kept hold of have been the most important to keep on the books? Uh, Jao Pedro and Ishmael Sarr without a shadow of a doubt 
I think when the season ended, we thought all three of them will go. Um, possibly not Joe Pedro, because Pedro played in the championship with us before, had a really good season, um, you know, changed the way that he played because he knew the championship was more physical. So would he be willing to give it a second bite of the cherry? So maybe him out of the three we thought might stay. But without a doubt, we thought Ishmael Asar is going and Emmanuel Dennis now. Uh, Dennis actually played the first two games of the season and as the sort of season got nearer and nearer, we sort of thought, well, hang on a minute. No one's come in and sort of bid for him. No one's come in and shown any interest. And it sounded like they were happy, they were training, they were just getting their heads down. If a bid come in, it come in and their representatives took care of it. No one was actively looking to leave out of those three. So that was big for us. And I, I still think we didn't think that they were going to be there come the first game of the season. Um, and, you know, even when the season started, we, we up until that deadline day, uh, I mean, I don't want to bring Newcastle too much up on a, a Sunderland podcast, but it was genuinely one of the weirdest transfer sagas between Pedro and them. Like Fabrizio Romano said, it's a done deal. So I was like, brill. Then we were hearing it's off. And I was like, yes. And then the next thing it's back on, but they're talking about this and it's off. And we were just like, please, like we just wanted the, the, the transfer window to end. But as you said there, you know, from last season, we, we kept a, a large, well, we've kept a number of players from last season and they, they are going to be useful in this division, 100%. You know, we, we lost um, we lost to Soko, who was our captain last season. If I'm honest, not a great big deal uh, of loss uh, with him. He, he, he ran and ran and ran, but he just didn't do anything else. Uh, so it, it was a bit pointless. But, uh, lost Ben Foster. That's a different story for a different day. Uh, he he uh, he wasn't exactly uh, well liked towards the end of his Watford career by, by many fans because of his actions with his YouTube, etc. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we've kept older Kamara, who was the player of the season. We kept older Ishmael Assar, João Pedro. We've brought in Courtney Horse. We've brought in uh, Hamza Chowdhury. Um, Keenan Davis as well. So we've brought in some really good championship level players uh, and, you know, just to sort of bolster the, 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 the squad that we've got already, which, you know, we just needed a few more sort of additions. I, I still feel like we could have brought in, well, definitely a right wing back. Uh, we, we definitely should have brought one of them in, although they reckon that Jeremy Agakia, who's been with us for a couple of years, they reckon he's going to step back into the fold because he's been injured. But I still think we should have brought one in. Uh, we saw Mario Gaspar, who was the Villarreal captain for the last however many years. Uh, it's evident that he's not a wing-back. He's not got the legs to do it, but still, great addition. Someone to have in the behind the scenes and a leader. Um, and I probably would have brought in another centre mid, but we've got Imran Loser coming back from injury towards the end of this month, who was uh, a key player for us last season. So I would say the, the transfer window, other than that right wing-back situation, has been pretty impressive. And to keep hold of who we have, I'll take that all day long. Yeah, I mean, looking through your squad, I'm not going to lie, I'm not exactly... Massively looking forward to it. Um, but <laughs> football is a surprising game, isn't it? And yeah, I think absolutely. probably my favourite part of the show, understandably, because I'm a Sunderland fan, is when I get to speak about Sunderland a little bit. Um, but I'm kind of fully aware that it's been five years since we've played each other. And not only has 
you know, it'd been five years since we played each other. We've had four years in League One, which you haven't. You've had a couple of years in the Premier League, which we definitely haven't. Um, but I'm always interested in the view and something because I'm aware, you know, we're, we're a big football club, whether people want to debate that or not. We are. Um, and at the time of speaking, we're eighth, obviously, before the Reading game. So we don't know. That might change. We might go up. We might go down. And we've adapted fairly well at the Championship, considering we've lost our manager uh, pretty early doors. From the outside looking in, as a Watford fan, what have you made of, of Sunderland's start of the season and what do you expect from Sunderland this season? Uh, I actually had you down as dark horses. And again, I'm not just saying this. So, you know, Sunderland are a big club and the fact that you've been in there for in League One for so long, it, it was like, you know, I certainly thought, you know, God help them, I hope they do get out. And everyone's obviously watched the, the documentary. I thought that was brilliant. Um, so, you know, it sort of give you a bit of a soft spot for, for Sunderland, hoping that they did uh, eventually get up. And I, I thought you were a dark horse because I thought Alex Neal, when he's been in the championship previously, he's done a brilliant job. You know, he he, he done well with Norwich. He got them promoted. Uh, we had a few feisty games in Norwich when he was there. I actually um, grew a bit of a dislike into Alex Neal because of how he was as a person. And they were our, well, promotion rivals back then. Um, he did relatively okay at Preston in terms of the facilities that he had available to him. So I thought, considering Sunderland are, are a big club, you know, he, he could do well with them if they're willing to spend and bring the right players in. So it doesn't surprise me that you're up there. And I think that Tony Mowbray is a, a, a good person to bring in as well. You know, look at what he's done with Blackburn for the last however many years that he's been there. Uh, and they've not exactly, you know, flashed the cash. So, I, I think he will continue to do really well with you. And I mean, I know there'll be Sunderland fans out there that say, let's get back to where we belong in the Premier League. But I'm sure there are others that probably just want to stay up. So I think anywhere sort of mid-table, uh, sort of bottom top half, I, I think a lot of you boys would snap your hand off for that. And um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see you sort of finish anywhere from... 10th to, I don't know, let's say 18th. So I think you'll have a really solid season. Just solidify yourself in the Championship again. Then you can look at making the jump to, to the Premier League again because it's definitely not out of the reach for a team like Sunderland. Yeah, I think my mantra has been 15th all season. Um, I'm quite happy to stick with it, I think. In terms of sort of the, the final two questions, the, the obvious one is always how Watford fans view the game because I find Sunderland in the Championship an interesting conundrum in some ways from an opposition perspective because we're Sunderland, we're big, we've got that momentum. People are not surprised that we're doing okay. Um, at the same time, we are a newly promoted League One club. I suppose Watford away is a bit different. You'll maybe be looking at games like Sunderland as a game you should win, but how do Watford fans view it? Is it a tricky test or is this a, well, we need to win this one? No, no, no game. It's cliche and it's so boring for me to say, but no games in this league are easy. We we saw that a couple of seasons ago. Wickham come up and everyone thought Wickham will be the whipping boys of the league. They gave us two good games. You know, we drew at their place. They battered us at their place. Relatively comfortable to win at our place. But they still, you know, they, they didn't exactly go down on the, the lowest league points that, that's been known in the championship. You know, they they fought and fought. And absolutely, I, I expect that you've sold out the away ends because your support is probably one of the, the better in the championship and Sunderland have always travelled well. Uh, so you'll have the crowd behind you in terms of the away following. And yeah, you might be missing Ross Stewart. I think that Luke O'Nine, 
he'll 100% be up for it. We we had him as a youngster, showed all this promise, but we never gave him the breakthrough. He'll be thinking, I'm playing Watford. I'm going to show, show him what they're missing. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be a tough game. But arguably, we are better at home than we are away. But I still think it'll be a tough game and we'll have to be on our A game if we're going to beat you boys 100%. It's funny you mentioned the line there. Completely forgot he was at Watford. He will be playing in some position. He can play anywhere apart from. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say apart from in the nets, but he probably can. Um, <laughs> as always, we've got two and a bit minutes left, so we'll give our predictions. First and foremost, I'll go with mine first. I don't know why, because I've never had one right this season yet. Uh, the closest I've had is a one-one draw. I think I said for the Millwall game, and that was postponed, so technically a draw. Um, yeah. I, I think we'll lose. Unfortunately, I really hope that we. Don't. I hope we get something on Wednesday to make the defeat, which I think will come on Saturday a little bit less because then it'll be three three defeats in a row if we lose on Wednesday. Um, obviously, people listening to this will know the outcome of that result now. I think 2-1. I think Valiant, no one's ever um, walked all over us this year, but the, the better teams in this league have just had a little bit more than us. And I think Watford are one of the better teams. So, But, but where are you going, Mike? I know you can't go against your own team, but you know if you want to say something, Mike, when you feel free to. <laughs> No, well, like I said, I, I think it'll be a tough game. It's going to be a close game for whoever wins. I don't think anyone's going to be coming out of this winning 3-4-0. Let's put it that way. Uh, I, I think I, I, I'm going to go with 2-1 Watford as well, but it's going to be a hard fought 2-1 win. Um, the, the the thing with, with us at the moment, uh, we, we sort of kept the couple of clean sheets to start with at home and uh, the last time we were in the champ, we had the record for the home clean sheets and the best defence at home but you know we we want to sort of get back to that but a couple of times we've been caught out on the counter-attack so I think 2-1 Watford and it'll be a really close game really entertaining game Before the time runs out completely on the Zoom because I'm far too cheap to pay for the <laughs> premium account I will let you go Mike but Mike thanks for coming on um, just before I do let you go and hopefully this ekes out and doesn't run out on us where can we find your podcast and where can we find your socials uh, you can find us on Facebook Twitter Instagram and YouTube simple typing Voices of the Vic or The Voices of the Vic on any of those platforms um, Spotify Apple Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts we're on there so yeah search us up subscribe on YouTube follow us on all social media platforms Spot on. Mike, I'll let you go. And I thank you very thank much you. for popping on. Um, we would not normally catch up a little bit more after this, but I get a feeling it's going to go straight out on me. So I will thank you and <laughs> say goodbye. Thank you very much. Take care.